Debbie, it's so good to see you here. We've been praying for you. Um, just continued healing in your body, and we're going to keep doing that as well. So God is good. God is good. He is our healer. Amen. Amen. He heals us. Tonight, if you think about it, uh, later on this evening, be praying for uh, Pastor Luis. Uh, obviously, he's not here today. You, you've noticed that. And I've mentioned this a, a couple of times, but just as a reminder, um, he is going to be on his way back from Columbia tonight. And so he'll get here in the morning. He's been down visiting his mom who's been sick, but she's improving, you, you said. And of course, we're going to continue to remember your mom who's been sick as well. So uh, but anyway, just tonight and uh, tomorrow morning, as you think about it, just be in prayer for, um, for Pastor Luis as well. well we're going to get going here in um, our We've got two more weeks in this particular series. Can you help with that, Doug? And just, you can grab Jamie. He likes to help people, um, to help you pass those out. So um, we're going to, we've been handing these out throughout this series because as we're talking about discovering the Holy Spirit and who He is, we've been doing it all year, but this study has been so rich with just lots of Scripture. And of course, I cannot read every Scripture that is listed in the time that we have allotted. So I encourage you to take these home, uh, take a picture of them on your phone because, you know, if you're like me, you tend to lose paper, but you don't lose your phone. So if you have a picture of that, you can reference it through the week uh, to be able to look at um, just in the study of the Holy Spirit. And, and these, these concluding two weeks, I'm especially um, thankful for. I'm especially anticipating what the Holy Spirit's going to do in us, among us, as we're talking We've said this, I want to review this real quick. The greatest hindrance to the advancements of the glory of God in the world today is the attempt of the church of God to do the work of God without the power of the Spirit of God. You know those, those moments where you get, uh, we'll use the word burned out. You know how burnout happens when you're doing it on your own. When you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to influence uh, what you are doing, uh, giving you the strength to do what you're supposed to be doing. When you're trying to do things in the power of your own strength, you will experience burnout. Um, I appreciate Dean. Um, they're back with the kids today, but I, I appreciate him filling in for us last week as uh, Doug and his family and Pastor Matt um, and, and his family were with us. As a matter of fact, I want to kind of let you in a, a little bit on what the ordination service was about here in just a moment. But we were talking about this very thing, how it's easy, not just pastors, this is for the people of God. Um, but they were especially talking to us as pastors because that's who we are. Uh, but how we can burn out, and that's doing things in our own strength just in our own power, and, and we, don't want to, we don't want to be those people. I don't want to be that type of person, but let me let you in just a little bit on what it looked like uh, last week when Pastor Matt was ordained down in Florida. So we got a couple pictures here. Um, you got those, Brandon? So here they come, Pastor Matt and his wife, Jen. Matt is in a coat and tie. What is up with that? I know, Jen's in a dress. You're like, who are those people? Go ahead and go to the next one. If it will let you. There we go. So this is all of us together. We were all able to pray together. And of course, the two girls were there. Natalie was in the nursery, so she was having a good time there. Go ahead and flip to the next one. This is the part. I think this is the screen here where we're praying over them. And of course, there's a scripture that I had that I was giving to them. The gentleman you see in the back, that's Glenn Burris, who is a Foursquare president. Awesome man of God. So he went around, I think there were 25 candidates who were uh, ordained that particular day. So there were 25 groups all around this auditorium just praying over, just a, a, a praise lifted up to the Lord, praying over people. I think we have one more. Is that right, Brandon? I'm trying to remember what I did. 
Um, yeah, so this is just another prayer. We were praying over the kids too. Of course, my hand is on Emily there. Mary had a very powerful word that was given to her from a lady who didn't even know her. Just came up after the ordination services. And that's what these services are like. You have prophetic words that are happening, speaking over the lives of not only the parents, but the kids as well. So uh, that was a little bit of what happened. So now you feel like, hopefully you feel like you were a part of what happened. Uh, and you can, if you want to congratulate Matt and Jen, of course, they're with the kids this morning. They'll be in here second service, I believe. Um, but thank you for sending us down there so that we could uh, participate in that. And also to be refreshed ourselves, uh, Because again, let's go back to the sermon. We can't do this on our own without the presence, the power, uh, and the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, those are the moments where I have often found, again, when I face burnout or when I say, God, I can't take any more. Why are you putting so much on me? And he says to me things like this. Well, because here's the thing. You're trying to operate in your own strength. You know, God says he will not put more on you than you can bear. Well, that's not scripture. You won't find that in the scripture anywhere. It's in those moments when you have so much upon you that you can't bear it. One, God doesn't want us to get to that point. But he's, he's showing us this. You can't do it on your own. Stop trying in your own strength. And so let's go with this today. Today we want to look at the power of the Holy Spirit and redemption. I am so thankful that I can say I'm a child of God because of the blood of Jesus Christ and because of the Holy Spirit. Today may not particularly apply to you as far as you need to receive Jesus as your Savior. Looking around, there may be a few. Just kidding, Jamie. Um, there may be a few today, um, and that's really not something to joke about in all seriousness. Um, but I want to take redemption a little bit further in our understanding to where it's more than just praying the prayer, Lord, will you forgive me of my sins? And I receive Jesus as my Savior. You know, salvation is that, but it's so much more than that. And so that's what I want us to look at today. What you're going to hear today, I want you to use these tools to take to your friends who do not know Jesus this week. And I also want you to have a greater understanding of what God did for you through the Holy Spirit. So you ready for this? What happens at redemption specifically when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, first of all, you see there that Jesus pours out the Holy Spirit upon His church. Jesus gave us the wonderful gift of His Spirit. Now, as we talked a few weeks ago, we know that it was a gift of the Father and of the Son. The Holy Spirit is a gift of the Father and of the Son. But here we're going to see in John chapter 14, verse 12, it's up on the screen. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. I just pause there for a moment for think of what Jesus did. He healed blind eyes. He brought people back from the dead. He overcame the enemy. He overcame death. And what does Jesus say? Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And he doesn't stop there. Even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. And of course, if you're like me, and I'm sure you've asked yourself, well, why don't we see this even more in our churches? Why don't we see this even more in our community? Well, today I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit works in redemption. He wants to do these things through us. It's a matter of being available, being willing, and being bold enough. You know, I... We've all been here with this, but you, you see someone who's sick and you have this idea of, well, what if they don't get healed after I pray for them? You know what? It's not up to you. 
whether they're healed or not, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. God is telling his people, you be obedient, you do what I have told you to do, and watch the power of God work. By the way, throughout the week, we're going to get into this some next year, by the way, um, as far as when it, when it comes to you know, just the presence of, of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to challenge us, and I want to get a jump start on this. This is something that we heard this past week. Begin every single day praying in the Spirit. And if you have not received the heavenly language uh, that the book of Acts, the book of Corinthians, the book of uh, Jude, I believe, talks about. Matter of fact, a lot of the New Testament talks about that. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit, will you baptize me today in power? And the Bible tells us this, that one of the initial evidences is the heavenly language. The benefits that, of that we're going to get into a little bit more next week. But when you begin praying in the Spirit, what does the Bible say? that the Spirit will lead us into all truth. Where does truth come from? The Father. If we want to know the truth about the life that God has given us, how are we going to determine that? We pray according to the will of the Father through the Holy Spirit. And He will, let's use a current, He will download that into us. If we don't know what the will of God is, begin to pray in the Spirit because He is the revealer of truth. And you will hear in those moments, I want you to go pray for your coworker today. How did I hear that? Because I started out my day praying in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit dropped something into my heart that I need to go pray. And you will be operating in the power of the Spirit. John 7, 39, when Jesus said living... Um, uh, yeah, well, let's keep going with this. He's going to his Father. When he said, I am living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to just a few people who believed in him. Is that what the Bible says? No, it says to everyone who believes, you have the ability to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, we are filled with the Spirit, right, at salvation. I'm going to go through this. This is something Pastor Joel told us. When I am saved, the Holy Spirit fills me. I'm baptized. And he said it's like this. Being filled with the Spirit is like this. I just took in water. The Holy Spirit filled me. When I am filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, that's when it gets all over everybody. So he said, when I am filled at salvation, the Holy Spirit fills me at that moment. And every day I need water. Every day I need the Holy Spirit. It is a continual thing. You've heard this. It's a, as every morning, Holy Spirit, will you fill me throughout this day? Whenever I am baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like this. You thought I was going to pour water on my head, didn't you? I'm not. Being baptized is when it flows all over you and it gets everybody around you wet too. Oh, you, she's all, do it, do it. He is a little bigger than me. But do you see the difference there? I am being filled. This is for me. But when I am baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit... Make sure it's on. It is like the Holy Spirit coming upon me. It's what Joel, how he teaches his youth. He comes upon, on the exterior of us, so that those who are around us can see who he truly is. So every day, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you so that you can operate in his power, bring people to Jesus, bring people freedom, bring people healing, and God will be glorified. Here's what the Holy Spirit enables the church to do. Experience God's presence. There was something about today's worship service. 
It was, a, it was different, right? So we know that. But when we heard Sonia, you have a beautiful voice, by the way. Thank you for leading us in, in Spanish today. But there was something of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I hope you felt that today. There was, there was a peace that was there. There was a comfort that was there. There was, you know, that's different, but oh, it's so beautiful to know that worship not only happens in English around the world, uh, in English, but also around the world. Every tribe and tongue, places around the world, we would have no idea what they were saying, are singing the praises of Jesus. Even though we may not experience God, know what people are saying, we can experience God's presence. I have a question for you. I've heard many folks say, you know, there's just something about Sunday morning. When we're singing songs, and I know last week Sarah and Miss Vicky were um, kind of bringing it back to the heart of worship when the music fades. We just had the piano last week, and I heard it was a really special time. And, and we're thinking, you know, wow, the peace that is here, I wish I could take it with me through the rest of the week. You know what? You can. If you are not experiencing this peace every single day, if you are not experiencing the presence of the Lord every single day, my encouragement to you today is be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. He is our peace. As you go back to a couple scriptures that I have listed there, Ezekiel 37, verses 9 through 14, kind of right in that area. This is the story where Ezekiel, the Lord brought Ezekiel out, and he saw the valley of dry bones. Now, if you grew up in church, you may have heard that, um, that story back in back in. Uh, in children's church. Um, but the Valley of Dry Bones, so Ezekiel, he saw all these bones that were scattered throughout there, and God told him, I want you to speak to those bones, speak life into them. And so he starts, he, you know, he sees God doing his thing, and all of a sudden you see these bones coming together, ligaments are formed, muscles are formed, and then skin comes over. God says, I will put my spirit in you. This was a prophecy that was happening Flash forward to Acts chapter 2, and you see the fulfillment of that. Not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. Life was given to the people who were gathered there in the upper room, which extends today. You ever feel like just, there's no, you're just bones? There's no life in you whatsoever? I'm just, I'm done? The Holy Spirit gives His people life because He lives in His people. The Holy Spirit enables the church to experience God's presence. If this is something that you've been lacking, I encourage you, be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also helps you to obey God's commands. Here's another question for you. Do you ever get tired of always feeling guilty because you've disobeyed God again? You've sinned again? I'll raise my hand. I'm one of those people. I, you know, I sin. I'm like, oh, God, I know this does not please you. And, and help me, Holy Spirit. I, I, need, I need your help. I get tired of feeling guilty. The solution to that is be baptized with the Holy Spirit and power. He will help you. He will convict the world of sin. It's his job to convict us of sin so that we obey God's commands. God helps us to obey so that we don't continue walking in that life of sin. Thank God for His Holy Spirit. He's given us such a gift. The Holy Spirit enables the church to fulfill God's purpose. Are you tired of trying to find your purpose? Be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. God will direct you to it. Salvation is a wonderful, beautiful thing, a beautiful gift that God has given us. 
But in Acts 2 and throughout, like I said, Corinthians, all those, the different books that talk about the Holy Spirit, he's talking about that second baptism that's there. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit who helps us experience his presence, who helps us obey his commands, who uh, helps us fulfill the purpose that God has given to us. What else does the Holy Spirit do? He inaugurates a shift. Now, we just saw this. Experience the presence of God, obey his commands, finding his purpose. The Holy Spirit is what inaugurates a shift in our life. Now, how many of you are the same person in behavior that you were before you came to Jesus? Hopefully none of us, right, in behavior. No, you're the same person, right? You're still, you're still Danny, you know, you're still Christian, you're still Doug, you're still Clint. But I think there's been a, there should have been a change in our behavior because the Holy Spirit began to inaugurate or to begin a shift in our life. That's a good thing. Here's the shift that he did biblically. First of all, we see in Acts 2-4 where the shift that he, um, that he began was from a few of God's people to all of God's people being empowered. As we read in the Old Testament, occasionally you would see the Holy Spirit come upon different prophets, different teachers. The Holy Spirit would come upon people. Well, in Acts 2-4, that shift inaugurated to where now all of God's people have this ability for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, to all, where to all could be to where, <laughs> easy for me to say, all could be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inaugurates the shift from limited power to unlimited power. I am very limited in what I can do for Jesus on my own. But the Bible assures me that when I am walking according to His presence and power, that's unlimited. You remember that scripture we just read out of John 14? Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my Father. And then he goes on to say, living water, which is speaking of the Spirit, would be giving to everyone who believes. You are empowered not only to be a Christian, you are empowered to serve and to bring healing to people. God is using you, the power of the Holy Spirit within you, to bless other people. I think we all probably work with or live with or um, are around people who need Jesus. Maybe they have Jesus. They need healing. Maybe they have healing. Maybe they just need peace. God wants to use us to usher that in. All of this is because of redemption. People who have called upon Jesus to be their Savior have this ability available to you. For God to use you. So the Holy Spirit inaugurates that shift. From a few of God's people to all of us. As we take advantage of that. From limited power to unlimited power. As we ask Him. And finally from one nation to all nations. See at first this Holy Spirit, Jesus. Or, or the, the, the covenant I should say in the Old Testament. Was only for the Jews. But then it was opened up to the Gentiles. By the way if you are not Jewish. You are a Gentile. So that's, that's all of us. See, the Holy Spirit inaugurated this shift to where it was just God's chosen people being the Jews to where now all Gentiles can receive Jesus and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Who can perform miraculous works? All of us who call upon the name of Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit. Who can lead people to Jesus? Everyone who's called upon the name of Jesus and you allow the Holy Spirit to work. That's the shift that he inaugurates. When the Holy Spirit awakens people, a couple things happen. The church stands in awe. 
Think about this for a moment. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, miracles and signs and wonders flow. When you hear about somebody getting healed, what does it do inside? It just makes you happy, doesn't it? It makes you realize, you know what, God just flowed through somebody. God used somebody to bring about healing. And maybe you even think, I wish he would use me. You know what, he will. You just ask, Holy Spirit, I want to be baptized in your power so that you can use me to bring hope and healing to a lost world. The church stands in all. Secondly, the world stands in all. And I just covered that a little bit. What is going to be the major shift in a revival? People who don't know Jesus coming to Jesus. What's going to be that major shift? When people start to see us living differently, not only when people start to see us living differently, but they begin to see signs and wonders happen. How does this happen? Do they have magical powers? No, it's all about God. It's all about Jesus working through them. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit regenerates people. Now, we're talking about born-again Christians here, so I'm going to slow down here with this just a little bit, okay? Here I am speaking to Christians today. The Holy Spirit regenerates us. We know that to be born again is to have accepted Jesus as our personal Savior, correct? Everybody good with that? So according to the book of John, Christians are also to be born of the Spirit, which is what I've been talking about. John 3, 5 is on the screen. Just look at this as, we, as uh, I read this today. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. So there's two things there, right? When we talk about born of water, that's, that's the flesh, you know, at salvation, spiritually speaking. At salvation, of course, there's the command to also be baptized in water. But he also says there, and to be born of the Spirit as well. Verse 6, humans can produce, I'm sorry, humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Let's look at this for a moment. Humans can only reproduce human life. So 14 years ago today, Gabriel was born, right? Stasha and I had a baby. Well, Stasha had the baby, but we had a baby. It was our second child who came. We were able to, and those of you who have children, you're able to reproduce life in the flesh. It's very similar. By the way, happy 14th birthday. 14 years old. Can you believe that? But in the Spirit, that's something that the Holy Spirit does, within us. So just as we are brought to life in human form, the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. This is a regeneration that we're talking about. So he goes on verse 7, so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going since you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. We don't quite understand. We can't necessarily see how it happens. We just know that it's a work of the Holy Spirit when he regenerates life within us. Many, many people believe in Jesus. I want you to hang on to this for a moment, okay? Many people believe in Jesus, but not everybody is born again. We believe in a lot of things, but it doesn't necessarily mean we've been a, that we put our hope and our faith and our trust in. So not everyone is born again. As a matter of fact, the Bible even, I think it was Jesus who even said, I think it was Jesus, who even said, uh, you know, even the, de- no, it wasn't Jesus. He said, even the demons tremble. Sorry, my ADD or what, I don't have that, but maybe I do. It was just going everywhere. Even the demons believe and they tremble. 
but they're not saved. In regeneration, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes. How does he open our eyes? We see our need for Jesus. We understand that there is an afterlife. There's something that's going to happen after this. And how am I going to be assured of heaven? I, I can't do it on my own. I must need Jesus. The Holy Spirit in regeneration sees, helps us to see our need for Jesus. He also helps us to see our sin and repent. How many of you like to be notified of your sins? I don't. I don't want to be notified of my sins unless I understand that it gives me life when I repent of those things. I'm going to get into that here in just a little bit. The Holy Spirit helps us to see our sin and repent. There are many Christians, many Christians, and we're talking to Christians today, okay, who confess Jesus yet continue in pursuing sin. I'm not talking about sin. You know, we're, we're all sin from time to time, right? But I'm talking about the pursuit of sin. I've given Jesus my life. I've, I've acknowledged Him as my Savior. Maybe I should put it this way. I've acknowledged Him as my Savior, but we continue to pursue a life of sin. You know, the Holy Spirit helps us with that because, again, this goes back to the thing of feeling guilty because I don't know about you, but when I find myself in a place where I have been pursuing sin, the Holy Spirit says, I've, I've told you about that. What you're doing is not honoring and pleasing God. As a matter of fact, it's hurting Jesus. The Holy Spirit helps us so that we don't pursue that sin as believers. We must have the Holy Spirit to help us in our relationship with Jesus. Maybe today that's why you need to receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I'm tired of going down this road of sin all the time. Why can't I just stop? The Holy Spirit will help you with that. Just ask Him. Number five, the Holy Spirit helps us in regeneration. So we just talked about how the Holy Spirit regenerates people. Let's see how He helps us in this. The Holy Spirit opens up our eyes, Acts 16, 14 tells us, to where we can see the sin and see our need for Jesus. He helps us to see you can't be born without the Spirit. There's a whole bunch of scriptures that are listed there. I want you to take time this week to read through Genesis and Matthew and John and Ephesians and Romans. How the Holy Spirit opens our eyes. Secondly, the Holy Spirit changes our heart. That's where the change needs to begin. Amen. I can want to all day long, but want to doesn't get me very far. Want to doesn't get me anywhere, really. I just If you want to do something, you know what? I want to lose about 10 pounds. Well, this afternoon, I'm going to be eating dessert. My want to is probably not going to be strong enough. I've got to want to. Turn with me to Titus 3.3. 3. I want you to look at this. I just know there's going to be some good desserts there this afternoon. So I've heard. Titus 3, verses 3 through 7. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. Mr. Stowe, I don't like how the Bible talks to me sometimes. <laughs> Once too we were foolish and disobedient. We were misled because, and became slaves um, to many lusts and pleasures. 
Our lives were full of envy and evil, and we hated each other. Have you ever been able to identify with that? I have. But, this is, this is the beautiful part. When God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life. How? Through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of His grace, He declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. The Holy Spirit enables us. He helps us in regeneration. We read about it in Titus here. God is good. He saved us. Praise God for that. You'll also see Ezekiel, uh, chapter 36, talks about this. 1 Peter talks about how he indwells us. The Holy Spirit not only opens our eyes, he changes our heart, he indwells us, and he enables our belief. Have you ever found it difficult to, maybe, maybe you get to this point in your life, I just don't know if I can believe anymore. I've been praying, this, praying about this forever and ever and ever, and I just don't see it happening. God, are you even out there? Begin praying in the Spirit you will be overshadowed and overcome with the love of God like you can't explain. And it only happens through the enablement and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He enables our belief. He helps us to run from sin and to turn, from, turn to Christ. He transforms our life. So the question I have, have you been born again by the Spirit? Have you seen your sinfulness and has your heart changed? I'm talking to Christians. Have you seen your sinfulness and has your heart changed? It's an ongoing process, right? I'm not, I'm not talking to people today who sin here and sin, you know, you just you have a bad day or you have a bad moment, a weak moment. I'm talking about that pursuit of sin. Or maybe when you have a lot of bad days and they're, they're coming pretty regular. <laughs> We've all been there. I want to give you a little bit of insight into my week as a pastor. I love it when people call me or text me or email me or meet face-to-face with me and tell me about their struggles with sin. I love that. Let me tell you why. I love it. Christianity wants us to feel shame. Christians, I should say. Some Christians want us to feel shame. Man, if Clint only knew how much I had sinned this week, he, he probably wouldn't like me anymore. You know, if Miss Vicky knew what I had done, she would probably just write me off. She wouldn't love me anymore. We, we tend to feel that shame, whether it's given or not. We tend to feel that shame. But I love it when people call me confessing sin because I see the Holy Spirit at work in a life. Just had someone call me this week. Pastor David, I need you to pray for me. I did something I knew I shouldn't have done. This is what it was. And I'm just sick of feeling this way. Can you pray for me? I mean, I'm like, not, I don't get excited in front of them. Like, yes, you sinned again. No, it's not that thing. I'm not celebrating their sin, right? I'm celebrating their heart because I know the Holy Spirit is changing it. The Bible says this, confess your sins to one another so that healing may come. Confession of sin is a good thing. We shouldn't look down on confessing sins. 
Confession of sin is a beautiful thing because it's the Holy Spirit at work within us to bring about redemption and healing and wholeness. There's been times where I have struggled with something over and over and over and I spoke it out. I confessed it to someone. I said, you know what? I am dealing with this issue within my life and, and I'm sick of it. You know what? I got it out in the open. I exposed the darkness. I brought it to light at that moment. Church, let's not be ashamed of letting... Now, we've got to let people know who aren't going to go blab it everywhere, right? <laughs> you don't want to just tell anybody about your sin because they might put it on Facebook. Can you believe what mom did? My mom, I can say about my mom because she's so sweet. I'm not sure she ever sins. Tom, close your ears. <laughs> we do have to be careful with who we confess to, right? But we've got to confess. Ultimately, before the Lord, there's something about confessing to other people that gives a little bit of an accountability and that brings it to light and that gets it about out in the open. Because when I know I have people who are praying for me to help me overcome that thing I, keep, I just can't stay away from, I can get a call throughout the week. Hey, how are you doing with that this week? You know what? So far, so good. But today's been kind of a tough day. Will you pray for me? I get those texts all the time. And I welcome them. Because at that moment, I began to pray. So let's say Doug texts me. I, I began to pray for Doug. Will you strengthen Doug by the power of your Holy Spirit so that he would not give in to this temptation? Amen. Confession is a beautiful thing, church. Let's not live this life on our own. Let's not be ashamed when we sin, right? We want to bring healing. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to bring healing. Have you been baptized? Have you been born again by the Spirit? Next week, we're going to see how this should be living out in our lives and the world around us. We're going to see how the Spirit indwells us according to 1 Corinthians, where some are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, but all have been baptized into one body. We share the same Spirit. We're going to see when you are saved, the Holy Spirit dwells within you a little bit more. Those who obey God's commands remain in fellowship with Him and He with them. And we know He lives in us because the Spirit He gave us lives within us. I want to close with this today. Matter of fact, can we just go ahead and stand up just as we're kind of changing our posture a little bit? But I don't want you to check out. I want you to listen into this, okay? You may be here today and you've been saved and you've been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the evidence of speaking in other languages or in the, in the Spirit as the Bible talks about. You may have experienced all those things, but I want to ask you a question. Are you full today? Are you full with the presence, the power, the person of the Holy Spirit today? See, you could have been full yesterday and empty today. And you will find that the more you do for the Lord, the quicker you will run out. It is true. I, uh, when Stasha and I first got married, we went out and bought this little Saturn, this little sport coupe. It was only a four-cylinder, but doggone it, that thing got like 35 miles a gallon. I drive a Suburban today. <laughs> it doesn't get quite as much. It does more work. It does a lot more work. It has a lot more to pull. Parents, you've got a lot to pull. Husbands, you've got a lot to pull. Wives, you've got a lot to pull. People of God, you've got a lot to pull. Bosses, you've got a lot to pull. Students, you've got a lot to pull. You're, you're in the middle of school. 
We've got a lot to pull. We need the Holy Spirit. Are you full today? Well, I came to church. I love this statement. We've said this before. Just being in church doesn't make you a Christian any, any more than being in a, in a garage makes you a car. We need to be full of the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The biggest threat to the Holy Spirit living is us walking in our flesh. Joel Overs told us that this past week. I can do this on my own. No, you cannot. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to be full every single moment of every single day. You may find this as well. Just praying in the morning for a fullness of the Holy Spirit isn't enough. You may need to stop at break time. You may need to stop at lunchtime. You may need to stop at afternoon break time before you get home to be with your family. You may need to stop at all of those times during the day. Begin praying in the Spirit. Lord, I'm about to go home to my wife and kids, and I've had a bad day. I want to take this home to them. They need life. Holy Spirit, will you fill me? Allow the Father and the Son to call the shots through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to do this with me today. I want to encourage all of us, even if you prayed this morning for God to fill you, because you've had an hour and a half-ish that we've had this morning. We had worship time, but will you just lift your hands and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you today? Lord, will you give me the strength that I need to do your will and to do your work? No glory to myself, Lord, but glory to you alone. We need a filling from you today, God. We need you to fill us fresh. We need your strength. We're at the end of our rope, some of us. We're sick and tired of being tired, some of us. And we need a freshness from you today, a fresh outpouring of your spirit. And today as we're dismissing, Mr. and Ms. Stowe are going to be up here uh, praying. Maybe you need to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. I want you to almost, well, yeah, run down to the altar. I need Jesus today. Or maybe you're the one who needs to be empowered. You know what? I've never asked for that second baptism to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm missing in life because I come to church and everything's good. But then by Sunday evening, Monday morning, I'm just toast. And you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Second baptism. Holy Spirit, will you baptize me in power? Allow Mr. Misto to pray that over you today. I encourage you to do that. Mr. Misto, will you pray for us this morning? Stasha and I will see you at the back. If you just want to linger in his presence this morning for a fresh filling, I encourage you to do that too. Jake, if you'll have some music ready to go, just, I think it's disc one or two. Um, just some soft music playing. If you want to just linger in his presence this morning, I encourage you to do that as well. God bless you.